This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. Hello, welcome to the Summit Show. This is Caitlin Hashem, your host. How are you doing, everybody? We're so happy to be on air today. I want to let you know that the Summit Show is available on several different podcast platforms. We are on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. For those of you who are listening to the show today and you want to re-listen, you can access the show there. I have a very special guest with me today. I'm so excited. I feel all giddy about it because he's been very influential in my life. He was one of my early professors at the Bible College, and he is now, um, for many years now, been on the board of Summit Bible College, and he is a leader at Cal State Bakersfield. He'll talk a little bit about his position there and a pastor of a church here in town, a dynamic, multicultural church with a beautiful vision called Living Victory. Please welcome Dr. Dwayne. Wayne Cantrell. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to be here. Always exciting to be here. You make it, you always make it exciting. <laughs> it's great to have you. Thank so, you. Dr. Dwayne, there's so many things that we could talk about. I'm so glad that you're in the studio today. We're going to be doing two broadcasts, actually. They're 30 minutes each. So, we'll just do back to back broadcasts because I know we're going to have so much to talk about. But, um, first off, you are a minister here in the community. You're not actually originally from Bakersfield, though. Am I correct? No, I was born and raised in Oakland, California. I'm a Bay, Bay Area native, born and bred. So what brought you here? So my wife brought me here. Isn't that how we all get here, either by a spouse <laughs> or, or by a job or right? something? It has to be one of those two things. Exactly. But, but yeah, so no, my wife grew up here. Her name is Angel. Angel grew up in, in Bakersfield and graduate of West High and the whole thing. So back in the day. So how did you meet her? College? Yeah, I met her. We were both at San Jose State together. And she's older than I am. And she, she doesn't mind me saying this because I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> but but she's older than I. She went. To, she was at San Jose State. We were both there together. We met. And, and there it was. Wow. So when did you come to Bakersfield? So we came to Bakersfield. We moved here in 2008. I think it was, is when we moved here. And her family was already here, the whole thing. But we've been here for quite a while now. Quite a while. So you have a book called Life After Failure, and this is available on Amazon. Is your first name start with an E? Yes, it does. What is your first name? You didn't know that? No. You just thought it was like a initial. That, that I thought it was some special around. like honor, <laughs> honor, like introduction e, or something. E, like e, you have some special degree beyond a doctorate. Right. It's, yes, it has the, <laughs> it's, it's the degree before the name, and then I have after the name. <laughs> So E E is is it's a moniker. It's excellent effervescent. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. E is E is for Evans. My first name is Evans. That my, is a my cool name is name. Evans Dwayne Cantrell. That is my name. Doctor Evans. Yes, Dwayne and so so my mother uh, when, when I when I started writing. So in high school I was a journalist. And so I wrote and I got my first byline of my my first story. And then my mother saw it and it said, Dwayne Cantrell. She said, you know, people need to know you have a first name. So you should use your initial. And there it was, E. Dwayne Cantrell. So Dwayne's that's your middle signed, name? That's how I signed my name and everything, yep. And Dwayne's your middle name. So D- you go by name. your middle name. I go by my middle name. Um, so you wrote this book. This is an awesome book. I just reviewed it. And it's really easy to read. You could read it in like one day if you don't have kids. Um, but <laughs> it is available on Amazon. Of which you have many. <laughs> I have two, not many, but it feels like many. <laughs> yes. I'm outnumbered. Um, but you can find it on Amazon. So we're going to be kind of talking about some of the, the stuff, the material that's in this book, because he's very candid. He's very vulnerable. Um, I read this last night, a little bit of it again, and I was like, can I talk about this on air? And then I had to remind myself, well, he published the book. So yeah, we can. So I know you're all about controversy in the sense of like, you don't really pull any punches. You're super honest about your journey as it is. I've always gathered that, but 
some people don't do that, Dr. Dwayne. They don't share the personal details, especially if you're in a position of leadership. And you are a leader uh, at Cal State Bakersfield, and you are a pastor. So what's your position at Cal State Bakersfield? So I am the Associate Vice President of Enrollment Management and Chief Enrollment Officer at Cal State Bakersfield. Does your apartment smell of rich mahogany? (laughs) (laughs) I do have a mahogany spray that... No, I don't use it. In, I don't use it at work. No. <laughs> so um, he is awesome. He's a big deal. I'm just kidding. No, he's humble. He's very humble. But that is a great position to have um, as somebody who desires to influence through Christ's value. And it's very needed in the secular colleges. So as you know, Summit Bible College, Dr. Dwayne is a graduate of Summit Bible College, and we'll get to that in a moment. But we really value Christ, uh, Christian Uh, principles and biblical worldview and all of our classes are theologically based and we want to influence society through Christ-like values. If you end up in a place like Cal State Bakersfield, whether you're a student or a professor, that's not so much the objective, at least in the holistic way. Um, There's a lot of secularism and different agendas that they try to infiltrate through education and we as parents, we know that like... (laughs) It's a difficult thing having kids even in today's culture because we know that so much of what is in secular education is very like, there's just an impurity in it. I think that some people, the average Christian may say, you know, I'm just going to be like in my little Christian bubble, in my little corner, and I'm going to influence through the church, which is wonderful. But there are actually um, a high number of people who are called to be influencers in a, in a Christian way who are called to the secular realm as well. And so you're very unique in that you are a pastor and we'll get to that as well. That's why we're doing two broadcasts. You have a church, but you are also called to marketplace ministry, which is amazing. So please allude to, uh, allude to that, like speak to that because for many years prior to Cal State Bakersfield, you were commuting to Northridge. Correct. So tell me about why it is like, how did you end up in education? Why have you stuck with it? And um, what is it that you feel that like Christ has really like anointed you for in that realm? Yeah, so that's um, th- that's interesting. So I was in education before I was in ministry. So when I was a student at San Jose State, so let me back up. So yes. I was a I was a student um, at Long Beach State first. I was a two sport athlete, so I played football, ran track at Long Beach State. And then I was transferring. So I was in the transfer process. I transferred to San Jose State. I wanted to come back closer to home. So I come back to San Jose State and I'm working. And one of the jobs that I had was a campus tour guide. So I was a tour guide on the San Jose State campus. Did you drive a golf cart around and have people like in the cart with you? No, we weren't that fancy. I walked. (laughs) But I can still walk backwards and talk at the same time. So if we were having I can walk all the way through our conversation backwards and talk to you to this very day. I'm skilled that way. Great. I got got skills. The muscles remember. They do remember. (laughs) They do remember. You have eyes on the back of your head. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Feel the environment. Right. So so uh, as a student worker in San Jose State, I'm in this department and the staff uh, folks were going out and what they did is recruited students to go to college. So they went out, inspired people, talked to them and talked to them about how to get into college. They went to high schools, community colleges, whatever. So one day, one of my one of the staff said, hey, Dwayne, I'm going to a high school. I want you to go with me. I said, all right, cool. I didn't know why. He said, I want you to go with me. So went out, drove in the car, went to a high school, and they're giving the whole pitch. This is San Jose State. This is, you know, whatever. And I'm watching. I'm looking at all these kids. It was like in a library or something. And they're just giving this big pitch. And all the kids are there, and they're taking notes. And he says, and now I want to turn you to our student. I was a student. He said, let him tell you about his experience as a student at San Jose State. And so I'm talking to these kids, and, and they start asking me questions, and they're engaged. 
And so when we were done, they they lined up afterwards and they were asking me questions for about being. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they were asking me questions about what you know what is it like being a college student and and whatever. And so here we are. We're driving back to the university after we're done. And I looked at him. His name was Doug. I said, Doug. I said, man, this is what you do for a job. You get paid for this. He said, yeah, this is my job. I said, I want to do that. And so I want to I want a job where I can go out and encourage young people to go to school and college and all that. And I said, this is what I want to do one day. And that's where my career trajectory took me. I had some pit, pit stops and turns, but pretty much I've been in education for. In fact, this is my 30th year anniversary being in education. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And he looks like he's 30 years old, folks. You are too kind. No, I'm for real. He <laughs> takes care of himself. And that's a great value. So now you come to Summit Bible College at some point. What year was that when you and how did you hear about Summit Bible so, College? So now this is so now when you talk about education and my education pathway, you know, I wanted to, you know, I had I got my bachelor's degree from San Jose State in criminal justice. Oh, and then uh, right. Because I was going to go a different pathway. And then I ended up, you know, coming back to education and doing that. So got my bachelor's degree. Then long story short, I got my master's degree. Um, and so I need to tell this story. Please, can I, can I tell please. This we have testimony time. Real we quick? have time. <laughs> All right. So so while I'm in undergraduate school, my 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 girlfriend at the time, Angel, she invites me to go to church. And so I go to church. Very important part of the story. <laughs> and I wasn't I wasn't opposed to going to church. I just didn't go. So if someone asked me, I would go. It wasn't a big deal, right? I didn't really grow up churched. I knew what church was. I knew how to go to church, but I didn't really go all the time. And it wasn't a priority in our house. So so I get to college, meet my girlfriend. She says, hey, you want to go to church with me? I said, sure. We go to this church. There's this young pastor. He's like in his 20s and just totally just lit me up and, and teaching of the word. And, all. and I didn't even know where I didn't know scriptures. I didn't know any. I didn't know songs. I didn't know anything. Never had a Bible. And so I was 22 years old, I think I was. Never had a and Bible? Never had a Bible. Never had a Bible. So I go to church one time, and, and they do this thing at church. Now, we know what this is now, but I'm giving you my mind when I was there. They did this thing where they, they called up after church. If anybody wants to come to Christ, just come to the altar, whatever. And I saw people going forward. And I remember saying to myself, um, if we go to if we come back here next week, I'm going to go up. Yeah, I just remember saying that yeah. in my mind. And sure enough, we did. We came back and I accepted Christ at that church at that time. Wow. And so so going to that church and being in that place was just a, a really special part. So anyway, so I, I started doing more things in church, started working with the youth in church because I always like working with young people. And I started doing that. So I got my master's degree in education. Um, but then I, I thought, you know, OK, I, I get this call to go to ministry. And so what was that like? Call. Let's let's really rest in this for a while. Yeah. So what is that like? You get a call to go to ministry, right? So so I'm serving at church, and and then I'm asked to teach a class with adults, and so I start teaching this adult class, and it was going really well, and I'm I'm noticing that I have this teaching gift, and this teaching gift is just is just growing and growing, right? And so I'm doing my thing and doing more and more and doing more church things. And I'm just finding that, you know, I'm in kind of this this place where you're um, in your element. <laughs> I'm in my element. You know what I mean? I, f I feel like I'm in that place. And so so one day we're at church and we had this revival. Right. And, and people were coming in. Speakers were coming over from from all over. And I'm sitting in this place and I just it's like this nudge that I kept feeling like you have to do more. It's like, I need to be doing more. I don't know what it is. I couldn't define it. It didn't have a title or name. Um, and I just felt like you need to be doing more. 
And so at, at a point, it was the end of the service, and they were doing this altar call thing. And I remember I walked straight up to my pastor, and I just looked at him with tears in my eyes. I could almost cry right now. I had tears in my eyes, and he looked at me. He said, so you're ready? And I just said, yes. I said, whatever you need me to do, whatever, I'll do it. And so he said, let's talk next week. So we went to his office, and we were processing. And he started saying things like, you know, well, you know, if you if you do this, you're going to have to go to school. You're going to leave your job. You're going to have to do that. I said, I don't care. Whatever I need to do, I'll do. He said, now I know you're called to this to this ministry. And what this call is, it's really not a I used to wonder, like, what is a call to ministry? What does that mean? And it doesn't have a a definition on it. I think that's why it's so hard to explain. I, I think it's just you knowing that you need to be doing something. And I think what what we've done as human beings, we always have to define stuff, right? We try to even define God, but we try to define stuff. So when we define this call, we 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 want we automatically want to put it into pulpit ministry, like okay, you're called to preach, right? It's like that's not what I said. I feel like I'm called, but I may not be a preacher. I may I may be a missionary. I'm, yeah. I may I may be someone who a helps. counselor. I'm, I may be whatever, but the calling is a calling, and I think for us to help it make sense, we try to put it behind the pulpit and try to do these other things. When really, it's God moving us to this other place, and we just go where He goes and we do what He tells us to do, and that's where we end up. Where we end up. That is so cool. So during this revival um, moment, where you f- felt the Holy Spirit right? You felt the Holy Spirit come Absolutely. on you. Um, where were you at? And kind of let's talk about the tension that you may have feel, felt in your life of, well, am I called to the secular realm or am I called to the church? Like, let's talk about how those two realms have come together for you because that's very unique. Yeah. So I didn't have attention yet. So as I, as I was going through that process, it's like, all right, I'm going to leave everything and I'm going to go to the seminary. Oh, Okay. And literally, I did. So I was working at Coca-Cola at the time. So I left education briefly, went to the corporate world. I was working at Coca-Cola, doing quite well. And I get this call like, "Okay, go to seminary. So we were living in the Bay Area at the time. And there's actually a seminary in the Bay Area. So one of the things I said is this. I said, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to go to a seminary, then I want to go to the best one. But I don't want to leave the the, I don't want to leave the state. So I want to go to the best school in the state of California. And what is that? So I researched it and, you know, Fuller Theological Seminary came up. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to try this Fuller thing. I didn't know what, again, I, I don't know all this stuff. I'm kind of, I'm not churched, right? So there was a, there was a Fuller in the Bay Area. So, okay. I, so I applied. I was going to go in the Bay Area. We we're going to stay there. And distinctly, here comes this other call that, that's like, no, I need you to leave. And I, I saw, I read it in scripture and this is a funny story. I'll tell you, it's a Please, true story. I promise. I love it. So I was watching this TV preacher one morning and I'm, I'm processing and praying and like, okay, I'm going to go to seminary, whatever. And I'm going to get ready to go. I guess. Were you married at this time? I was. Okay. Yes, so we, you'd already we got were married. married. We were married. We had two, our, our kids were young at the time. Oh, they but were they like, were both born. They were like, yes, they were both born and they're very young. So they had to be like six and three, okay. six and six and four. Okay. So so here we are, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go to school and stay here. And I kept hearing these like, no, you need to go, like go, 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 right? So I, I turned on a TV preacher, <laughs> and he's preaching, and he looks at the at the at the camera, and he says, somebody right now is watching this broadcast, and you're struggling whether to stay or to go. You know you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pointing at me. I'm like, okay, wow, you're uh, me. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> how do you see me? Is this like romper room and you're looking at magic mirror <laughs> oh and calling God. my name or something? So what is this, right? And so so he was like, you know, you know you need to go. I'm like, okay, if this ain't God. <laughs> so I said, all right, well, I guess we're going to go to the headquarters Which and the is, main campus yeah. is in Pasadena. Yeah. And so Angel had been working at San Jose State for... 12 years or something like that she was very rooted had her retirement set she can keep going and just she was all set right we were we were doing well in san jose and it's like leave so we left everything and what was she like okay come on talk about that because this is a marriage conversation now like what was that like because she's always been supportive of you so i really want you to to elaborate on that so the first part was the call the call is what messed her up. So, so, <laughs> Come on, talk about that. All right, so when I told you about this revival I was yeah. at, right, she was actually out of town. So she took oh. the kids and t- went t- took some friends or whatever, and they went on a, on a trip out of town. So here I am by myself at this revival at church, and I accepted Christ. So I call her on the phone. Oh, so you were even married at that time? We were married, wow. yes. Yes, we were married. I was married young, Oh. Okay. which I'll tell you, it goes okay. into my book. Okay. there's some failure in that. But I was married very young. And so I called her and said, hey, Angel, so I went to church tonight. She's like, yeah, how's it going? I said, it's really good. I said, um, I accepted a call to ministry. She's like, what does that mean? And she, <laughs> and she's like, what does that mean? Because she always said, I don't want to be married to a minister or a pastor or whatever. She's like, what do you mean? And But she's always talking about, you know, you need to let the Lord use you and you need to do all that. It's like, hey, you invited, Conflict me, to, of interest, right? you invited me to Christ. It's your fault. You know, I don't know why you're mad at me now. But she's like, what does this mean? And what, is this, what does this mean for me? Does this mean I need to start doing this or doing that? Do I need to Be a quote unquote pastor's wife. Exactly. Life? Exactly. So she struggled with it at first and then we kind of worked through all that and it was all good and she's she's been she's been rolling oh my goodness yeah yeah so you left everything and you came to bakersfield and that was around 2008 that was 2008 so there was a there was a lot in between that but yes so so when you talk about degrees so we're talking about getting degrees so so i had a degree master's in education and master's in theology it wasn't a struggle quite yet because I was doing my Fuller thing, right? So when I graduated from Fuller, I got a job working at a Christian high school in Pasadena, which is very similar to BCHS. It's oh. very, very similar. They're almost like the same school. Okay. But it was in Pasadena, and I was hired to be an administrator there, which was really cool. I got to do a lot of stuff there. And so anyway, so did all that. So here, here's what happened. So I'm back in education again. But I'm at a Christian school. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got my got all that. So now transition, we move here and I'm starting to think and I'm I'm getting the sense that we need to start a church. And so we're but coming to Bakersfield. But this is in what year? Again, 2008. This is 2008. So, so we're moving wow. here and I'm like, OK, we're going to move here. And it was even prophesied and everything. It's like that I'm going to be a pastor. I don't know if I was going to start it. I have to pause. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is really interesting because I've never heard this story. And I know about your church. And I remember when you started your church. So this is so cool. Like back into, because I didn't meet you. I met you, well, maybe close to that time. But wow. So that's when it was birthed in you in 2008 to start a church. Okay. So keep going. And so so it's like, okay, we're going to either start a church or I'm going to go into a church as a pastor at at an existing church, whatever. But I know I'm going to be a pastor. So I come here to town, doing my thing, whatever. And now here's where the conflict comes in, because I'm working and I keep getting advanced in education work. And I got a job at Cal State Northridge and they're advanced, and I'm getting promotions and promotions. I'm like, all right, God, how are you promoting me here? But yet calling me about be a pastor here. I need to make a choice. And it was really it was really difficult until I came to Summit. 
and the way I heard about Summit is I came to Summit out of vanity reasons because I had two two master's degrees. I said I need a doctorate. I, somebody needs to be calling me doctorate. <laughs> Somebody needs to call me doc because I've done I've done a lot of school, yeah, and a lot right. of units, and all that. I'm I'm serious. I said I need a place I can quickly get a doctorate because I deserve it and I've <laughs> earned it, and I'm serious. He's and being real, y'all. I am. I, I said that. So where can I yeah. go? And someone said, you know what? You need to meet Doctor Victor. Talk to Doctor Victor at Summit, and I talked to him, and we hit it off, and then it just turned into something else. But here's the here's the story, and I'll say this quickly. I love it. Is that I, I was at Summit and I'm in this conflict. I'm in our, we, we had a doctoral cohort. We actually had a pastor's cohort. Yeah, the pastor, we still have that. Yeah, so I was in the cohort and I, we hadn't even started our church yet, but Doc said, you need to get in the pastor's cohort. So I'm in this cohort and there was this teaching on the mountains. And the, the seven, seven mountain theory. And the seven <laughs> mountain thing, right? And I don't, I don't know all the stories behind it, but I'm listening to this and God spoke to me to that in a way that I'll never forget. And it talked about having spheres of influence in the world. And not just being in the church. And I thought about that. And, I'm, and, I, and I embraced the fact that God can call me. I said when I was called, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. So why would I say now, God, put me in a box? It's like, let, I'll just do whatever. You, and if you want me in both spaces, I'll be in both spaces. You're on and both it mountains. Very, it'll be, it was very liberating when I found that I don't have to choose. I choose God. And he's the one who appoints. And so that's where it was. And he's still moving in both in both spaces. Oh. Oh my goodness. So you commuted to Cal State Northridge for like five years or more. Ten years. Ten years. Boy, how's yeah. your sciatic <laughs> Ten years. Well, how's I had your to, back, boy? I, I, spent a, I spent a lot of uh, money on cars because I got to have comfortable cars if I'm going to be in my car. And all the time, a lot so. of Audible, a lot of books. Like a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of audiobooks. A lot of music. A lot of. Well, that's. One day you'll ask me how I learned to like do worship i i trained myself to to be a worship leader in your car in my commute i honestly i'll tell you that story i want yeah we have a whole nother broadcast we have <laughs> what like five minutes five minutes left on this one seven minutes so 10 years please tell me how this amazing opportunity manifested itself to come tra- to be at cal state bakersfield what a blessing you don't have to commute anymore right so i was at northridge 10 years and commuting and praying you know are you going to bring me here what are you going to do are you going to allow me to be in bakersfield the whole time and really it wasn't even that big of a thing but a position came available and you know i was able to to land the position so that is so yeah, awesome yeah, so in the mix of all of that when you're commuting i have to ask just for you to clarify because I'm wondering, like, were you in Bakersfield and commuting that whole time because you launched your church? Is that why? Because no. Because you so, felt, why were you here? So still? I was here because Angel said, I want to go back home. Okay. So we were in Pasadena. She said, I want to go home. And, and there, there's, there's a story behind that that, that alludes to the book. Uh, but uh, she said, I want to go home. I want to be with my family. That's, this is where her parents were and the whole thing. So she wanted to be with family. So we did that. And as we moved here, I said, okay, when we, we can move, if you find a job and get the kids in school, I'm sure I can find a job. I had, at the time, I had two master's degrees. I had experience. I mean, I can find a job, right? So she found a job and kids were in school. I said, all right, we can move and I'll commute until I find a job because surely I'll find a job. Oh, and you just didn't and find I, anything. And I could not find you. something here in Bakersfield that, that, that had the salary level and that kind of thing that, that could, you know, take care of me. And then I got, got the job at Northridge, which got me closer. Northridge is closer than Pasadena. Pasadena is a, a commute. And so I got closer. But really it was for it was for angels, for my family that I was wow. that, that I did that. 
you know, for that period of time. So, and God had an appointment there. That's why it took so long. There, there was a lot going on at Northridge that I was able to do um, that he did through me at, on that campus. Um, so that, that was him. That is such a great point is like you're being faithful. I just have never heard it really said like this. You're talking about the seven mountain theory, which the seven mountain theory is coined by, um, I think Lance Wallany was a, is a founder of that, but also see Peter Wagner. So it's the seven mountains are education, family, politics, church, um, business, business, um, entertainment, entertainment and media. Yeah. So I never heard somebody say that they were called to both mountains, but it totally makes sense because I know people who are very business savvy. I mean, Paul, for goodness sakes, in the Bible, he was a tent maker. So you can call, you could consider him a construction worker or a builder. And he was a pastor at the same time, a preacher, an apostle, really. Mm-hmm. So you have it in scripture and you could see it in scripture. And like the women in scripture, they, they funded a lot of the ministry. Women made cloths. They were business savvy and different men. It's all throughout scripture. And you just don't hear it said very often that like if God gives you the anointing for it. Now, it's really a matter of like having an anointing because I do also know people, the great majority, who are very like spread thin and they really do need to surrender it all. Like right. they need to be in one vein. They need to be in one avenue. Yeah, and and I can tell you that a lot of people do something, but one of them is on the side, right? I do this, but I do that on the side. Or I do this, and, you know, I I do the education thing, and I do ministry on the side. Or I do ministry, and I do this business on the side. I don't do anything on the side. And that's 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 the part that's challenging. No, nothing is a side gig. They're they're both gigs that that work and flow and, and all of that. So that you have an anointing for. Yeah, and God, God and gives me grace. God gives me a lot of grace for it. I couldn't do it without without His grace. There's no way I could commute to LA. I hate driving. There's no way I can commute to to LA back and forth over the grapevine through all the elements and all that without His grace. And I can tell you about His grace because I had to drive to LA for a meeting recently. Hated it, was falling asleep the whole time. <laughs> I was like, okay, the grace is obviously gone now. <laughs> this is not this oh is not my, my gig gosh, now. Gosh, that is hilarious. There's we no, have no grace in this anymore. We have about two minutes left on this broadcast. The next broadcast, I really want to focus on the development of the church, living victory, the vision of the church. It's really special to me. Um because it's a multicultural church, and it's and I want to know what you mean by that. I want you to share the vision to the listeners. Um and I want to talk about the birth of your book. And some of the story behind kind of why you wrote the book. It's called Life After Failure. I mentioned this before. Uh, People need to read this. I think there's a special anointing on your life um, for men. Dr. Dwayne, you have a men's group here in Bakersfield that meets on Tuesday nights. Yes, Tuesday night, 7. Tuesday night, 630 at the church. It's at the church. Living Victory Church. Living Victory Church. So where's Mm -hmm. your church at? Uh, 7737 Meany Avenue. And it's right here in Bakersfield. Yeah. Yeah. and where, like, what time does it start? 6.30. Um, no, I mean your regular church Oh, church is at 10, 10, 10 o'clock Sundays is our is our service. 10 o'clock Sundays. So if you're in Bakersfield and you're looking for an amazing Hour and pastor. a half is our church service. And Christmas Sunday is going to be one hour. I promised one hour. And we'll be in and out in one hour because Christmas is on Sunday this year. Yeah. Right? So, so if this broadcast is after Christmas, you got to wait till next time Christmas is <laughs> on Sunday to come. It is going to be after Christmas. (laughs) All right. Well, there we go. You are listening to this in January right now, but we are in here at the beginning of December. But hey, I'm just like so excited for for some of the questions that I have for you and really tackling some of these controversial topics like how does a pastor or not just a pastor, how does a man safeguard himself against 
um, sexual impurity. I mean, you talk about some stuff like pornography addiction in here. That's like I said, it's controversial, but I think that people that are listening from like they're listening to a pastor, listening to a leader they're looking up to, they need to understand that that leader also struggles and that there's like power, like your tagline for the book is actually overcoming the hurdles of your life. Like you can overcome these things. Mm -hmm. Like Christ has given us a new identity. So it's not just behavioral modification. It's really an identity issue. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to kind of talk, talk on that a little bit because I think that a lot of people, they get really messed up with how to tackle these addictions and challenges because they just look at it from a behavior standpoint instead of really the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to wrap this broadcast up again. We are on, um, a lot of podcast platforms so you can access this through itunes google Podcasts, spotify anchor we hope that you enjoyed it you can email us at info at summitbiblecollege.com to let us know how you liked it and stay tuned for next week we're going to continue our talk god bless this broadcast is sponsored by summit bible college